Shalom, shalom. I am Pastor Juanita Weiss. Shalom. I'm Rabbi David Weiss. And together with my wife, we bring you greetings from Malchut Chaim Messianic Congregation in Chile, Chesapeake, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, we do bring you greetings. And it's always so exciting uh, to join with you and to invite you in. And we come in together and talk about the word because, you know, the title, we always talk about Ashrei. We can't help but talk about it. That's what we have come uh, to bring to you, right? It's, it's a time. It's a time to be blessed. And Ashrei means fortunate. It means gladness. It means blessed. It means happy. And there is no one English word that can uh, really define um, what this word means, you know, it gives, or even to give the essence of it. So you got to put all the words together and you get a sense of ashray. So beautiful. And ashray is a beautiful and fluid and flexible word. We, you know, we know that blessed, we have, there's different Hebrew words for blessed, but none of them have this special connotation of a joyfulness that is just overflowing and I, you know, I, I know that we see it in the lives of the patriarchs when they're walking fully with God. We just see that joyfulness, like they're, they've come to a place that they've never been before. And it just makes them content and happy and joyful. You know, it doesn't mean their troubles all go away, but, it, but they do know that God is on their side. Yeah, it's, it's so cool that you said that because this joy that is the essence of ashray, right? This, this fortunate, blessed, happy state um, is this joy, one theologian says, which has a secret within itself, that joy which is serene and untouchable and self-contained, that joy which is complete completely independent mm -hmm. of all chances and changes of life. That is Ashray. Wow. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that as we go through all of these Ashray sayings, right, throughout, even in, in the Torah, uh, in the Tanakh, right, the Old Testament, and then we see them in the new Yeshua introducing them to us in, in uh, when he's talking about the kingdom in Matthew five, and he gives all of these scenarios about the kingdom. And he says, any man right, who is like this, it's, it, he's Ashray. And the one that I wanted to share today, and I, and I do want to share this because of our special guest today, but uh, I wanted to talk about this one. And this is Matthew five, six. And it says this, and, I, and I'm going to read it from the Delich because I thought it was very, very interesting. 
And the Delit is the one that uses the old the gladness of, right? That's their translation for Ashray. Mm -hmm. Oh, the gladness of those who hunger and thirst for Sadaka, for they shall be satisfied. So he's saying, you are in this glad state, this fortunate state, this joyous state, when you hunger and when you thirst for the things of God, the things that are righteous. Because, you know, um, Adonai, right? Adonai Sikenu, the Lord, our righteousness, he is our righteousness. And when we hunger for those things that pertain to him, yeah. then he says we're going to be satisfied. Oh, my goodness. It, <laughs> it, it transcends time and space. It's outside of it. So we know in time and space, as we move along, in a linear fashion as we grow old and every time i look in the mirror i'm seeing that and as we deal with with you know things that people deal with as they get older you, you know you'd expect that that they'd have that they'd feel more troubles in some ways and yet if someone has ashray in their life it'll transcend i i remember a lady that we visited who was in the hospital she had fourth stage cancer and we wanted to visit her and i it astounded me. I will never forget just how happy and how glad she was. It's she wasn't glad because she had the cancer. She was glad despite of it. All she she couldn't stop talking about how good the Lord has been to her and how happy she was to be walking with the Lord. What she was in, I expected something different, and she truly had Ashray. Yeah, and you know that idea of it transcends all the chances and changes of life. So it doesn't matter what goes on in this life, right? When Yeshua says, he's, he's talking about the kingdom and he's giving them these kingdom principles and these kingdom ideas. Mm -hmm. And so this is definitely a kingdom idea. There's yeah. no, I, yeah, you're uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for sadika, for sadika. You're hungering for that. I mean, how is that going to be, you know, satisfying to me? But the word says you shall be satisfied. So we want to say to you, don't stop hungering for the things of God. Don't stop hungering for the personage mm. and the essence of the character of God. Don't stop hungering mm. for that because he promised that you will be satisfied in the midst of that. And when we go through the chances and the changes of life, that state that we are in, that he says, wherein we are blessed and fortunate and we have joy, we will walk through that. Every chance and change of life with him and know that we're satisfied. Just like this uh, woman that Rabbi is speaking of. You know, we don't know what will befall us in this life. Mm -hmm. And there's only one thing that we can be assured of, right? that he will walk with us through it, wow. <laughs> that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he will be with us even until the end of the age. You know? Such peace. And, you know, I even know. now is we're not talking about personal stuff, but all of us, we can all, I've seen all of us get worked up about things going on in the world, in this country, in America and around the world and how too easy it is to be drawn into a conversation of complaining and of anger, you know, but we as believers, 
We're, we're not here to join in that conversation. What good will that do? We're here to bring people to a place of salvation, of rejoicing, because every day they thirst after God's righteousness, no matter what's going on in the world around them. Yeah. And I was just thinking, as you were talking about the hungering and the thirsting, those are like basic needs, right? Those are basic uh, desires that we have and we need them filled. Yeah. And so as he is bringing us to this place, even though we are inside time and space, the kingdom is outside time and space, but invades time and space, right? Mm -hmm. And so he gives us a little inkling of what that is like by sharing with us, right? Oh, the gladness of the one who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Let mm -hmm. those be your, the, the baser needs, right? Let, let the hungering and the thirsting be him, for him become your basic needs. Mm -hmm. Because he promised when you do that, you will be satisfied. Wow. wow. Yes. Yes. So that brings us right to where we need to be because we're so excited that uh, we have really a, a um, we call it a son in the ministry, son in the gospel uh, with us today. And uh, I know that you're going to be just astounded by his wisdom and his insight uh, as he shares with us. First of all, uh, we want to invite him to our show. And this is none other than uh, Mr. Duke White. We want to say shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. How you guys doing? We are doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm getting lit up because, you know, I love hearing, we talk about the joy, but I love hearing you speak the word of God. I love hearing you teach. I get fired up every time I hear it. It's such, it is such an exciting uh, thing, just, not just to hear the word of God spoken, but when you show all the different dynamics of how the love of God is shown yeah. and, 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 and you always make me forget about everything that's going on around the whole world. And I just hear the goodness of God. I love you guys. Well, you know, uh, actually, as I was sharing with Rabbi that we, I was selecting that because we know someone, right, who hungers. And oh. after righteousness, we we know someone. Yeah, amen. Surrenders it all and just says, "I want Him. Yeah. I want that which is righteous. I want the essence of who God yeah. is. I I want Him." Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I know sometimes that takes us on a little journey, right? But He promised that there's satisfaction. There's satisfaction in the journey, right? Not it just really is right. Yeah, just up ahead, but in the journey, it it really is because uh, the the one thing so the one thing that that when I was studying this and then I, I was sharing with a friend, it, it lined up perfectly. My friend uh, Lee Ford is is in town from Arkansas, and, and uh, that's another story I have to tell you about that. But uh, <laughs> one of the things I'm on the radio and I and I and I realized something that the the word limited, the core of the word is I'm it. Right. But when you look at commune, community, it's unity. And then you, you start thinking about who, how awesome God is. Yet he still chooses to use prophets. He still uses priests. He still uses people and then promotes community. 
and says, I'm going to bring a nation to myself. Yeah, yeah. But then he still engrafts people outside of the nation into the nation. Yeah. And you can really see his heart for family and community. And, you know, but what's going to always limit us, and that's why I was so excited about the scripture, what's going to always limit us and cause us to have that limp is when I'm it. Because that's just not reality. There's always something greater. So, so I just want everybody to know this is Duke, right? He's gone to the second half of the program. <laughs> but that's Duke. It's okay. But we're going to bring you back. And everybody- You'll get it. You'll catch up. <laughs> but Duke, every, before we get there, everybody wants to know who you are, okay. what you do. Come on, tell us. Yeah, so so uh, I am a, uh, a student of Professor Juanita Weiss. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, I, I I have a radio show, a television show. Uh, I love teaching the Word of God. I'm a father, uh, but most importantly, I am a, a student of a, of the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love the the uh, the saving power of the Word of God, the living Word of God. Um, it's transformed my life in every way, and so I dedicate so much of my life. Uh, to helping people form that relationship with the Word of God in, in a in a real way, uh, not in a religious way or an unhealthy religious way, but in a way that where you are really understanding who God created us to be uh, as His family, as His people, and so. Uh, I, I, of course, I'm a father of four, uh, and and it has been a crazy journey. You know, I, I can make your hair stand up. <laughs> you know, I can, I can cause people to have some gray hairs. <laughs> but but the 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 key is to keep journeying with God. So that's who I am in a nutshell. Amen, dude. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, in I especially our journey together, because uh, uh, you were able to be introduced really to Messianic Judaism. And then, of course, on your own, you just began to delve into it and got an understanding of it yourself. And I know um, how you promote, really, you believe in uh, what Rabbi and I are doing at Malchut Chaim Messianic Congregation, and and you always support that verbally and and just by your heart, uh, supporting us and and um, just encouraging us and things. But so, can you tell us what what you think about uh, Messianic Judaism and and how does that square? Uh, yeah. With so. <laughs> so, so it has been a big part of my life uh, ever since I was about, you know, seventeen years old. Uh, you know, it, because I, I, I was ministered to by uh, Esther Goldman, who was a, a Holocaust survivor, and uh, she kind of set me on the path and set me in the direction. And then, of course, after uh, being taught by Professor Juanita Weiss uh, at Tywater Bible College and learning about inductive Bible study and breaking the words down and calming myself down, calming my reality down, calming my own knowledge down and what I thought I knew. Right. And 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 to say, OK, wait a minute, if I really want a relationship with God, shouldn't I know these things uh, and shouldn't I be 
at least curious about these things. And I started to be, I began to see where the culture was going and started to notice that there was a very incomplete message or, a, or even a loose relationship. And I started seeing new trends kind of be created. And, and that caused me to question, why were these trends happening? Why were these things happening? And when I started going deeper into the word of God, I started noticing certain things, especially approaching the word of God from an inductive perspective, you know, and, and, and saying, wait a minute, you know, when you use these words differently, you have to understand, oh, the culture uses words differently. What does it mean to the culture? And then it's like, wait, if if this culture is the people that God says I'm calling to myself, then this is what he really means. And so my, my attraction to Messianic Judaism really was because I felt like I was getting the whole story versus the fragments. And, and what I've been telling people is that when you only see one perspective, you become a flicker of light. But when you get the whole story, you get the power of the sun, not just the light, the vessel, play on words. <laughs> no, no, that that's good because you get the power of the sun, and you do because um, there was a time, and you know Duke as well as I, and when we just had just a portion of him. I mean, he's so gracious, and Yeshua is so gracious that when we knew just a fragment of him. He was so gracious to come into our lives and in our hearts and to love us, to love us, uh, getting us to that place where we can know him in his fullness. And really knowing him in his fullness is knowing the, his Jewishness. You yeah. have to know his Jewishness in order to know him in his fullness. That's so true. He, um, we know that Yeshua wasn't born, born in a vacuum. He was born in a time and in a place and in a people and he fulfilled all the commandments, all the commandments that came to be. And so if he fulfilled all of these, why would anybody push them aside? Or why would anybody say, all I need is Jesus. I don't need anything else. Like, yes, you could get by with, with just Jesus. But, but how much richer, how much yeah. richer when you walk his walk, like if you walk his walk every day of your life, like it means, well, I'm going to start, I'm going to start opening up in prayer and, and, and doing the feast days and how much richer is a believer's walk. Yeah. I look at it as the fullness. I look at it like this, you know, it's that it's a house that's fully furnished. And I, and I just said this for the first time today and it was so beautiful because I, it came like right off the press. And it's like the, the goodness of God is like a house that's fully furnished and it's a shame to not explore each room. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be given a house that's fully for like explore the grace, explore the mercy, but but to take time to be in awe of what he's done, right? And when we truly want to have that relationship, it's like I want to know more about you. I don't want to just start from here where I'm at and then say, well, this is just who I am. You gotta deal with me. You know, I, mean, I, I, I want to get down to the what does the creator say a relationship even really is, and I, and I love that he uses marriage to to show that intimacy, and and I understand that uh, you know times are changing today, but when you when you look at God in His entirety, and and you get down to human desire, they intersect 
like everything that humans want out of relationship from mother, father, sister, brother, husband, wife, it's all in him. Mm -hmm. and he shows himself in so many facets and creative ways where he uses these relationships to bring us back to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and even so, like delving further in that, that he's called us, right? He, he's calling us. Uh, as he has given us emotions and he's given us our, our soul, our nephesh, our breath, you know, he's given us all of those things. And, and these layers of the soul that he's given us really are to explore him, right? Yeah. Connect with him. Mm. Like my soul connecting to his, my spirit connecting to his. And so it's all about knowing him and not to be afraid of those things because, you know, with each level comes, truth he always presents to us truth at every level because that's who he is it's truth yeah you know, sometimes we run from the truth yeah and I, and I think the reason why is because also uh we we neglect the power of influence and voice and language and so once we're dismissive with him we're kind of dismissive we, have, we, get a, we get a general sense of pretty much everything. Like, yeah, my mother's important to me. So I get a general sense of what relationship with a mother is. But when you see what God says a mother is, it's like, whoa. Yeah. This, yeah. This, this is a beautiful human being. You know, and then when you look at, you know, when he says, oh, no, those are ants and I understand nature. But when he says, oh, look at the ants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa. You know, so it, it, it you know, it, it is very, uh, Seeing seeing things from the perspective of the word doesn't just change your worldview; it it changes even how you appreciate breath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like your life view changes. Yeah. Uh, where I don't fear death because of eternal life, where someone else may not do something that I would do because they fear death. Mm -hmm. So if I see someone being hurt, I might get involved, not because I want anyone to get in trouble, but but I, I, I'll get involved even at my own risk, my own life, because death is not even on my mind, mm -hmm. where someone else might be more reserved because they fear death. And so the word doesn't just change your worldview, it changes your eternal perspective. Yeah. And so it should, because that's that's the power of the word, right? That that is the power. It has enough power in it, right, to do what Hashem, what God calls it to do, and He wants us changed from the inside out. And you know, ultimately, when He does return, that's the kind of change. That's the kind of transformation <laughs> that will happen, right? It's like it's going to be an inside-out transformation. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's going to be like, right? A glorified body. I don't know what is it would I be like. I don't. I think we all need one. I don't know what it would be like, you know, to to think heavenly thoughts all the time. You know, we struggled even today, and when we are able to think heavenly thoughts, it's like, wow, that was so amazing. That Lord, that was cool. But then, you know, reality hits you. This world hits you. But I don't know what it would be like all the time. And you know what? I've always imagined it. I've always imagined it as being able to complete that desire for righteousness versus dealing with what resisted. Because the, the resistance of, even though what comes against you qualifies you, 
for your desire. Like no one goes to the gym to lift what they what they can lift. You go to the gym to lift what you can't so that you can get stronger. But the idea is, the idea is when I, when I imagine it, it's always like, okay, God, where are we going with this, right? And that revelation of that, 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 uh, that uh, almost like the apocalypse of that, that revelation of that is, oh, wow, you actually have invited me to be like you. To be able to stand in your presence without shame, without, you know, the 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 uh, the temporal state that we live in now, but to really be in the fullness of your glory and for us to commune with each other and, and express creative abilities. And I think this he's giving us permission to become one with him. Yeah. And I think that's what's been broken. Yeah. About our humanity. So yeah. true. And uh I mean, imagine when we walk with Yeshua and we become more like him. Can, can you imagine him getting in situations that push out buttons and cause triggers in us and our flesh, even as believers? And what does Yeshua say? Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And for us to be in that place, in these imperishable bodies, I'm sure we're going to have it, that our buttons won't get pushed and our, 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 our triggers won't happen. And yeah. people that normally just we roll our eyes and they set us off. It's not going to happen anymore because yeah. we'll have different bodies. But, you know, we can strive for that even in the bodies we have. And that's the triumph. That's the triumph that he leads us into. Uh, that's that's really ashray, right? That's real. <laughs> that's right. right. Right now you can have it. You, you can he was talking kingdom principles and he's not talking this far off thing. He's like now, because the kingdom is here, the kingdom is now and you can live this. And of course, you know, it's just a little sampling, a little smattering of what is to come right? Mm. when we stand before him. So it's going to be amazing. And we're, we're so, so blessed to be in this place that we know him wow. and that we can uh, strive to know him even more. Yeah. So that leads us to our Torah nugget, right? Let's let's take a look at that because I know that somebody is um, uh, what is that in the stalls and they're kicking. Oh up. yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it's so interesting that you use that word "strive to know." I mean, the I know. word "strive," you knew what you yeah, were doing. I did. Oh, I did. that's good. Okay. <laughs> you impressed me. Yeah. So so let's add this uh, and let's go ahead and read it, and then. Um, Okay, this is our Parsha reading in Bereshit, Genesis, and it's, uh, it's between chapters 32.4 and 36.43. The title is, Our Hero Has a Limp. Jacob was forever crippled after his wrestling with the angel man. This was his most defining characteristic, not his handsomeness or great culinary skills. It was his limp. It was that limp that broke his pride and produced humility. And a man who some say schemed and who had been the victim of schemes. And now here, he was about to face his brother who had come with 400 trained, skilled fighters to take vengeance upon him. Our hero has a limp. May that be said of us all. Paul had to have some messenger of Satan that buffeted him lest he became exalted above measure. 
So it is believed that he carried this malady throughout all of his life. But what a malady, one that reminds us of the moment we were broken, saw our real selves, the ones he intended us to be and walked in that awareness. The moment we lauded, we were lauded for wrestling with God and bore in our body, our souls, and the generation to come, the result of that encounter. Our Jacob could now really be Israel, Israel with a limp, always reminded that he is not God, nor does he really have control over his life. I believe this is when one prevails. His life was God's, and that's how he takes us on his terms, not ours, prayerfully crippled. Amen, amen. amen. It seems I left that last part off, but that was key. So uh, let's, uh, uh, well, let's see. I think I'll start off. <laughs> so I wanted to, first of all, it was interesting as I, as I was studying that, uh, you know, this is, I drew this conclusion because there are two schools of thought. One says that, that uh, Yaakov Jacob was not forever crippled, that afterwards, after his encounter with Esau, that there was healing there because there was healing between the brothers and that his, his limp was healed at that point. And then there's another school of thought that says, oh, no, he carried that malady throughout throughout his life. So um, I and I and I went with that because of Rob Shaul, Paul, that theologians say the same thing, that he carried that malady, whatever it is. And, and you know, they say it's it was his eyesight or whatever, but that he carried it throughout his life. Um, but it was so key to a major portion or a major moment in their lives. Okay, that's what I want to bring up, first of all, so you guys can go ahead and, and um, go from there. Well, go ahead, too. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I want to. <laughs> so I just noticed that, that uh, there's a continuity there throughout Scripture where people are known by their wounds. Mm -hmm. they're, they're known by their scars. The woman with the issue of blood. I know that. This is a very, you know, when I look at culture, you know, uh, the the even when you name someone like Ichabod, like there's there's conditions, these very detailed moments that the Jewish community or the, the Hebrew people really identify into the point where they put it on their child. They say this, they you know, this it's not like today where we just you know, now there's some tiles on the floor. That's a good name for a baby, Tyler. We're gonna call him Tyler. You know, yeah. they, you know, everything has a significance, and I love that. Um, when studying this, so, so it's like we can't just read this like another story, right? So you go, this is an encounter with something beyond us. You know, this is that that cosmic clash, you know, between, you know, what reality is in its vastness. And, and I try to challenge people when, when, when it comes to this particular, because some people say it was God and some people say it was an angel of God. Um, and I, and I understand those things, but either way, it's clear that it's something beyond us that we're wrestling with. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, there's the, the and, and nothing's really changed. 
You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Why, if God is so good, why are children born with, you know, these ailments and these issues? Yeah. You know, uh, and then you watch Yeshua come through and the disciples still that same time. He asked the same question. Why these afflictions? Whose sin is this? Whose fault is this? And Jesus says, you know, none. It's for the glory of God. You know, um, and and so and and you know, in this particular, in that particular sense. But what that, what the main thing that I get out of this is how God is an active agent in our reality, not some far off concept that actually leaves you in mystery, right? But actually engaging. So it's like, how do we know when God says something? Because watch Him perform it watch him process it and this is where it's so easy for us to forget this because most of us forget that even our bodies our flesh and this is the our skin is the largest organ most of us are not thinking about hey did i make sure my heartbeat is did i get all my heartbeats in well it's like yeah you're still alive your heart's beating just fine but we don't, do we really think about our inner parts? Are we thinking about how this food affects our mood, our, our soul, or are we always thinking on the outside? So like you said earlier about these layers. And so when we're wrestling with reality, we might approach it from a scientific perspective, a medical perspective, a parental perspective, a financial perspective, all these different dynamics that our humanity can be pulled in. But, but most of us get so caught up in that that we're not thinking about how the impact of our relationship with God is affecting us on a eternal perspective. Yeah. 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 You know, and we saw this so beautifully in, in, in the chosen when we see little James, why aren't I healed of my lameness? And then when Yeshua pulls him aside and talks to him, it just gets me choked up. Tears come out of my eyes because he said, you know, some people are chosen to be healed and that's their testimony. And some people like you may have been chosen, are chosen so that you can do your wonder working power even, and you're not gonna let this slow you down. The fact that you may not be chosen to be healed, you know, but you're chosen to carry this and still heal people. Mm -hmm. it, it's just so amazing. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about Jacob, Jacob has always been running all his life. He ran from Esau. He ran from Laban, you know, and all of a sudden now you, God says, you're not running anymore. I told you, I'm going to always be there for you, watch over you and bring you back. And so, you know, when people stop running and allow God to do what he says he's going to do in our lives, uh, it, it brings us to a whole new place of understanding. Yeah. I, you know, I um, the the part that really jumps out at me too is um, when this entity, right, this angel God man, right, because it was Jacob Yaakov who said, um, you know, that that he saw God and he's still alive, and this is Peniel, right, the face of God. So so he knew that this was otherworldly. Right. What he encountered was was like outside space and time that something is encountering him at this mm -hmm. moment. So he he knew that he clearly knew that. And but the moment 
that he is lauding where you're going for wrestling with God is like no you will be your name is Israel because you wrestled with God you strove with God right and with man and you have prevailed so yeah. the moment God lauds you for this right or you know speaking through this entity who whoever it is right but yeah. uh clearly jacob knows that it's otherworldly and it's heavenly and, it's and you know the, uh, the the fact that it ends with him walking differently right you know and yeah. i think about that you walking differently well but so being ex-military you know I know that when we see things differently than a lot of other people. So if we hear a loud noise, a lot of ex-military is like checking to make sure everything's all right. Cause we know what it could be. You know what I mean? Uh, our conversations are different. We have conversations about what would attack on American soil be like, what would you do? What would you do when other people are more like that would never happen because we're the greatest nation in the world or because of this. And we're like, Okay, so 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 you know, uh, so ex-military has a culture in itself, right? Mil military has a culture in itself because we have a different worldview. So we walk differently. We might sit at a restaurant, but we want to be able to keep an eye on who's at the door while we're talking and eating. We're watching every face, hand gestures, movement. These little idiosyncrasies mean so much to us because we're always looking at how to calculate what can happen, what that means. But most people don't even know that this is what going what's going through the mind of, of vets, right? right? Well, when you have wrestled with God, it naturally makes you walk differently because not only does he touch you in places you've never been touched. No, you did. No, you did. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. There. Oh, you, you, wow. your mind is he touches you in your mind, and your mind is you've experienced something, you know what it's like to be corrected convicted in love without being torn down or being torn down to be brought up yes. to be you know humbled not crushed yes 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 let, let, let me just interject here because i think this is so powerful because i think we were talking about this uh, he wrestles with it is it he's called um Elohim. Elohim is the uh, is God is the name of God or title of God that's mentioned in this whole scenario, right? It's not Adonai, it's not Yodhevave, right? It is it is Elohim. So this plur this plural nature, right? This plurality, uh, clearly here, and then to see uh, Jacob Yaakov touched in this way. So, and I love that where you said you, you walk differently when you encounter him because every aspect of your life is impacted, right? Like if this uh, plural, this plurality uh, of divinity impacts you, then your plurality is impacted yeah, as well, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you're somehow your physical man your your goof as it's called in the in the hebrew has to be affected and we see yeah. this clearly and now our hero is going toward 
the last, right? This, this, this is the last um, major hurdle that he has to cross. And wow. that, you know, and that yeah. is Esau. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> he, when he wrestles with God, it said that God could not overcome him. And he said, let me go. God says, let me go. Oh, how could a man, God, man, how could a man possibly, like Jacob, possibly come to a standoff with the one who is God, even with an angel? How yeah. could possibly, how could God possibly not let go of the grip? But I think, I think that God tells us, I want everybody to be like this, to never let me go until you search me for an answer. And so yeah. then on, every time someone says to him, hey, old man, where'd you get that limp? He gets to tell the story. Story over again. Yeah. Turn it over. <laughs> but it's also, I think it's it's also, I think, for him to never when the awesomeness of of, of that prevailing happens when the benefits of prevailing when all the victories come from when, when all the 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 things that come in your life you know that you conquer right you always have to be reminded that that it wasn't you as well so that limp does remind you that hey this this is not from this is this blessing is directly connected to this wound yeah. you know what i mean uh, and, and and i i think sometimes um in, in a modern culture, of course, we we think that the blessings of God are based off how comfortable we are. But in this particular situation, we're seeing the blessing of God being defined by the wound that we've been given. Yes, wow. yes, yes. That's good. That's good. Because, um, and and I believe too, as we say here, that this is when we prevail. This is what prevails, right? Knowing. Yes, I've encountered one greater than myself, right? Yeah. And uh, and I've I've been able to strive with this mm. this entity, right? I've and I have prevailed only really because he allowed me to. Like, <laughs> really, that's the truth. Yeah. Only because of that. You know, and right? in that way, Jacob is even a foreshadowing of Yeshua. Because look what Yeshua did. He sweated blood when he was praying to God in his final hours. And it, it says by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. That wound, those wounds that were, he allowed, that he allowed himself to have, that he did it to honor the Father, to fulfill this, this, this outcome that God wanted. And and what that did, it it allowed him, it allowed Yeshua to to be able to save the entire world, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I think this is where we we so when you again look at that continuity, you see that there are profound prevailing blessings in woundedness yes. that others can benefit from. I, I, I challenge uh, people who use, uh, in modern culture, I challenge people who use slavery as, as something to look down upon uh, in the sense of, you know, we're victim by the, the slavery or, or even Holocaust. We're victim by the Holocaust. Victimized like, well, well, look at it this way. Those that who prevailed, who survived, that means we're descendants of survivors. That means we're descendants of people that can keep going with, and carry change and to another, to the future 
versus um, looking at it as something to be victimized by. It's something that we that that God has conquered. We were we uh, we were meant to be destroyed, and we're still here. Now it becomes celebrated, but those wounds are something that we remember to say, "Look what God has done. He took care of my family. He made sure." And so when I look at that natural chaos that mankind brings, that humanity brings. Look how God has maneuvered through it and, and ultimately wrestled with the heart of man, you know, so that when we who are on the other side, uh, Jews and Gentiles, no matter what realm, but just using those modern examples of slavery in the Holocaust, it's like we know what we have survived because of the grace of God, because of the mercy of God, we can point back and say, look what, what God has done. And, and, the, and the reason why I bring that up more than anything is because even when you think about, like they say, the black slave trade, slavery became so popular, that black slave trade, that other cultures who were also engaged in slavery stopped purchasing slaves from other races, which means the suffering of the black slave trade set others free. And it is not about changing perspective, but it's getting that bird's eye view of how God untangles us from our human mess and those those messy human interactions. And if we give him that chance, he does that. Yeah. Wrestling. yeah, yeah. And you know, at this point, uh, Jacob doesn't have a bird's eye view. No. Right? He's like in the moment. He's in the moment. And that's usually where we are. And I just want to speak to those of you who are in any moment right now and you're dealing with something you're going through and you don't even see the bird's eye view. You can't hover above that and see that God is working this thing out for your good. But you've got to know that's his word and that's what he'll do for you as long as you trust him. And in that moment where Jacob is here, right here in this moment, wrestling, uh he is the, he just he wants a blessing and you know this thing what is this blessing that he wants is it i'm sure to have his family saved because now he has more riches than he's ever had right, right. he has he has more capital if you will than he's ever had before so lord he's already set his family apart now it's like lord you save them i need you to bless me but what's so wonderful is um, in the way that we expect God to bless us, he has a greater way. Mm -hmm. And that way, I think, as you're saying, will impact generations. What yeah. we're going through, it may not feel good. It may be difficult. But, you know, as you were talking about the slave trade and the Holocaust, and the things that we go through are so difficult and we're not minimizing any of it because it's, it's horrific, it's horrible. Going through it is difficult. You can't tell Jacob, that when he was about to cross that Jabbok River, knowing that Esau was coming with 400 trained men, that he was not afraid. Right. He was scared. But God was working that for good, for, for not only for Jacob's good and for his family, but for Esau's good. And out of this, he's going to forge a nation, right? Now, yeah. Israel will be born, right? This, this yeah. Is, uh, and I like to say that that uh, you know, 
in our zealousness, we can read the scriptures, accept that it's true, know that, it, and then know and believe that it's real. But then, you know, we we still don't understand that the, the people in the scripture, uh, they were being processed. They're not reading scripture. They're they're the scripture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're the they're the point of the content. You know, yeah. so there's there's their heart pounding, there's sweat, their fear, yeah. there's sweat in their eyes. We're just reading verse to verse, and you know, so sometimes we'll think that the application is going to be as simple as it is to read it. But I would challenge everyone to more absorb absorb it and say, okay, you know, insert your perspective in there, insert yourself in there and say, how, how do I, you know, uh, connect with this? Not in the sense of how does this make me feel, but really absorb it. Like, wait, I'm wrestling with this angel. First of all, who am I going to tell? Okay. Who's going to believe this? And, you know, the other thing is, if I've had such a great experience, I'm also not going to deny it because my change has been so evident to everyone. He's he's really walking with this limp now. He's really and, and he's also bolder. He has more courage. He's what what has happened to him now without restraint. I honestly am going to tell you that I what I experienced, And I think uh, it's because of this that many have misunderstood because you just brought up when they're in that moment. There are many things that we've been through that we thought for sure was going to take us out. But again, we're still here. Yes. And yes. we know that it's because of the goodness of God. We're like, oh God, I didn't the amount of times that we can say, God, I didn't see you working it out this way. I didn't know. Wait, if, if I hadn't have gone through that pain, yes. Yes. this door would have opened. And it's it's really fascinating because even when you look at this and you look at you know him building wells and then you see Yeshua drinking from one, yeah, yeah. you know, and he, and he's having a conversation to the woman at the well who thinks you know this well is the uh, the epitome and landmark of our faith, and he's like, no, you know, guys don't you got it in part, you know what I mean? And you constantly see again the the active agent the interacting the engaging god the yes. god that pursues us yeah you know yes. uh, and, and jacob got to be part of that that foundation to show us god will pursue us in our moment yes yes and and we need not fear those times i don't don't fear those times just know that even when you're at the the worst moment he's still there and he's still desirous of encountering us but you know i said something here that i thought maybe each one of us could comment on here uh that his life was god's right and that's how he takes us on his terms not ours and this idea of prayerfully crippled like each one of us has to get to that moment. It may not be a, a, a physical crippling, but even in our under, understanding, because uh, we have to know too, that when he's striving with this entity, uh, that this is when we come to the word of God, as you were talking, Duke, and we come to the word of God, we, we can get in there. Let, as you're saying, okay, put yourself in there. Let's find out how was uh, Jacob feeling at this time? What was he encountering? But this is what we can do with the word of God 
because the Lord has opened that door through this striving with Jacob that we can get in there and we can say, Lord, what do you mean by this? What, what's going on here? And Lord, I don't want to stop reading this page until you bless me, <laughs> open up the word, until we reason together, until we have an encounter, because that's what the word does for us as, as, as real and as living and as vibrant was the encounter that Yaakov had with this God man, this angel man, that's how real we can have an encounter with the word yeah. of God and with the Ruach, the spirit of God, as we read his word. It's it's real. You, you, you know what's so powerful about that? I, I think about how from birth, you know, everyone tries like you want to raise you know with me i was like oh my kids are only going to take baths and holy water you know i wanted my kids to just be covered in the word of god washed in the word of god the word of god you know don't bring anything around my kids it's not the word of god uh but then you got people trying just as hard saying that doesn't matter you know dude you're doing a little too much and you, you're trying to find this balance place right because you know in case you People can't tell, you know, I can be colorful and uh, <laughs> much, right? So what happens is you say, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, you know by the time you've, you've been a parent for a while, you're like, okay, yeah, we can use it. They can go to that dance. They can go to this party. They can listen to this music, whatever. I just want peace in the house or, or whatever. The, the, the things that can influence you as you develop right before you've had your moment with god before you've wrestled with god you got mom's influence dad's influence brother's influence you know and we think we know each other but we're really just developing you know god's doing something beyond all of us right and so as we're in this development and i you know this is the reason why this is the very reason when, when I look at someone like Jacob in this situation before he's given a new name and before he's become this new person, I, I ask people often, I go, what does a seed do when you plant it? And most people go, oh, then you water it. I'm like, that's what you do to it. But it's what does the seed actually do? And they go, oh, it sprouts up. And it's like, this lets me know that we deal, we're dealing with a generation that doesn't really appreciate process. Because the seed, the first thing the seed does is it opens up and it starts to take root. It goes further down. So when no one else can see it, no one even knows there's a seed there. It's taking root. It's trying to connect with its nutrients, with every, its existence is completely defined by how deep it's connected to its nutrients and how rooted it is. So for the word of God to be compared to as a seed, the depths of our brokenness and our fragmentation that the word of God is willing to go and pierce through and purge up and resurface just to get a blade of grass out of us. Wow. You know, and, and here Jacob is wrestling with God without a Bible to study. You know, and yeah. he being used as such a pivotal, pivotal figure to inspire so many. But but I do know a lot of people will read this and be like, I'm gonna just read over that one. And it's like, no, don't what what is and the reason why I'm going to bring up the seed in that that brokenness really is because even the word itself has to wrestle with the reality and the entanglements that we get ourselves in. Yeah, but when we're truly good soil. It's about what is produced out of it, right? 
And when you look at what Jacob did, he he had to overcome being the sneaky one. He had to overcome the 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 Uncle Laban situation. Yeah, he had to overcome his heritage in a way of trying to figure God out, figure God out versus just trusting. You know, there's something uh, that he says later on once he meets Esau. Uh, as a matter of fact, he he says this. He says, uh, but Jacob said, right? This is verse chapter 33, verse 10. You can only have an encounter with God to be able to say this, right? But Jacob said, no, I beg you. If I have found, if I have now found favor in your eyes, then accept my tribute from me. Or in as much as I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God. Hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, he was going to kill you, but no, I'm telling you, this is what an encounter with the divine will do for us, right? We can look at our enemies and somehow see the face of God. Yeah. Anyway, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the these moments when it's out of our control, yeah. we can totally see how much control he's in. You know, a, a few weeks ago, my, you know, I'm trying to live a, a somewhat normal life, right? And, and there's always something going on in Duke's, in Duke's world. And so we're driving and then there's this terrible motorcycle accident, right? So and I'm like, okay, the ambulance will be here in a minute. You know, the people are standing around them and I, and I see the guy, they're, they're trying to push, you know, doing the CPR thing and I just want to drive. Well, Coming soon, Jesus is on my car, and I watch all of these young people on motorcycles look up and see coming soon, Jesus. And I like they're staring at it, right? And the God just puts on my heart to pull over. And I begin to pull, so I pull over the car, and my faith is with me, like, here we go. You know, like, like now she's, she's 18 now, I can drag her along the Duke stories, right? She's like, here we go. And so uh, we start walking back, and I was just like, okay, here's what we're going to do we're going to pray. Start so walking back. My feet, we're starting to pray, and other people are crying. And pressure, but you have 45 seconds. Gotcha. So they're crying and they're crying and screaming, saying, No, soon as we step foot, but my foot gets right beside his head, and we're me and my daughter are praying, and he takes his first breath and hadn't taken it taken in like in almost like two or three minutes, hadn't breathed. Mm -hmm. and and the, their response was they look at us and they're like, yeah, because this was a situation where crying and weeping wasn't going to work. Yeah. It took it took being in the presence of God. Yes. The breath giver. Yes. Amen. Amen. Dude, you know, this was so wonderful. You'll come back and, and visit us, right? I'm calling you right after we hang up. Okay. We would love to have you back. Thank you, Thank you so much. It God was bless a pleasure uh, doing this show with you. God bless you. Yeah. God bless. Blessings. Bye-bye. Wow. Was that amazing or what? Amen. Yeah. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in.
are richly blessed to bring you what we believe is the fullest, most diverse, yet up-to-date progressive teachings, discussion, and prayer programming you can find anywhere on this planet. Be sure to take the tour of the MessianicLambRadio.com website. I'm Susan Hoogie, thanking you for joining us on the Messianic Lamb Video Network.